Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. This is Kirk Henderson, editor in chief of well, the website, and I'm joined tonight by uh, regular contributor Matthew Phillips. How you doing, buddy? Uh, I was better before I watched that offense against basketball. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a dog shit, dog shit, dog shit game. For anybody that missed it, sorry for already cursing, but I don't fucking care. Um, the Mavericks lost 102 to 92 against the Houston Rockets, who are far and away the worst team in the NBA this year. They are unable to play any sort of basketball that resembles actual NBA basketball. And the Mavericks were without Luka Doncic because he needed to take a rest day from his 900% usage rate that he has in the season. And because the Mavericks have a roster that was assembled by a blind person playing darts, they're unable to field a real NBA team. Before we get into it, the Mavericks starting lineup, all five players finished in single digits. Someone asked uh, uh, me if that had happened before in NBA history. I have no idea. I'm going to guess no. I'm going to guess no too. So it might have, the argument would be, if I was going to guess, I know there was a playoff game that finished with someone scoring, the Utah Jazz scoring 49 points one time. And maybe then, although I would guess Malone uh, probably scored in double figures. But uh, there are some games in the early 2000s and and late 90s that were uh, quite a bit different than current NBA basketball. It'd be like 68 to 72. Like there were some Spurs-Pistons games that were dog shit. But I'll tell you what, the starters scored 27 points tonight on 40 total shots that's terrible it's terrible yeah, I have to look this up now i mean i, I, I don't even know how you would look it up because it's like it's it, it's just it's such ineptitude and it belays a roster that is not a nba roster okay josh got the night off but because he's a sicko he watched the game anyways and he said i don't want to waste a rant on this game you guys go record he's right I'm going to waste a rant on this game. No one's going to listen to this because the only people who listen after losses are the true, like real painful diehards like you and me. And I am so tired of being told that everything the Mavericks do is going to be fine. Since the 2018 draft, they have fucked up just about every possible situation that they've been presented with in terms of free agency and draft. And the end result is a team tonight where they're unable to score any amount of points. 92 points on 101 shots, I think, was the was 102 shots. It's atrocious. They were unwatchable. Tim Hardaway heaved for like He was something like 9 of 30. No, I'm sorry. He, he was something like 9 of uh, of 24. Like, good. He was kind of 26. I missed that page open. Yeah, he was kind of 26. I just and you know Luca did this early this year, but Luca's a superstar. Tim Hardaway came off the bench. <laughs> I mean, it, it was this was just one. Of, you know, this goes down as one of the worst. Like I, I, I would understand if you think the Oklahoma City loss is worse because Luca played in that game and they gave up 16 points in less than four minutes. That's it's it's kind of a debatable point because both losses are really bad. And for a team coming off the Western Conference Finals, there's just such a sense of. Ugh, that hangs over them. Everything, every good thing they do, there's three steps back. Last night against the Clippers, they gave up the entire run in the third quarter. We, t- I'm sure you and Josh talked about that. It was awful. I don't know what to do. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff to look at from this. Um, I mean, the first thing, I guess, for me, is going to be Reggie Bullock. Um, 
I've been preaching, you know, the whole it's he starts every season slow and it's coming and it's coming and it's coming. But I'm I'm starting to get worried because his defense is bad. Like, I don't know if he's got something and I don't like to speculate about stuff like this, but I don't know if there's something wrong with him. Like he might have a lower body injury or something that's tweaked because he's slower than he was. Yeah. But I, I mentioned this in the slack, but really it looks to me like right now. Um, that him and Josh Green are kind of having a bizarro version of the 80s uh, Magic and Larry Bird commercials where they're like, I can do anything better than you. Like anything you can do, I can do better. But yeah, they're having the option of doing anything you can do bad, I can do worse. Like Like Green had some cool defensive plays tonight. He had had two phenomenal steals that I was just like, wow, that's, that's something else. But then the rest of his game, he's just out there getting cardio. He he cannot... play he, he didn't he score from no the purpose field. he didn't score from the field he had four points on on four free throws shout out to the free throws because he's actually been pretty bad at free throws lately yeah it's just and i mean like the problem is like the 19 blocks it's <laughs> like it's context. tell the people what you mean assume they don't so, know so the houston rockets uh set a mavericks opponent record in the history of the mavericks franchise and I believe in uh, definitely an NBA season high this year, and maybe an NBA record. The the Houston Rockets blocked 19 shots tonight. That is patently absurd. The only people on their team that did not have blocks that played were Josh Christopher and Eric Gordon. Uh, Eric Gordon is a 34 year old two guard, and Josh Christopher. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know who he is. I don't know who that but, is. Respect to him. Yes. So uh, not not to be mean to him, but no, literally every other. Yeah. Player, Everybody else on their team that played had blocks. So, and uh, Kenyon Martin Jr., he hates the Mavericks. Uh, he has to because wow. he had <laughs> he had some very impressive athletic blocks. But that's one of the things, like, you look at the Mavs, like, who, who do the Mavs have that are athletically capable of doing things like that? I mean, the Rockets have all of their problems, but they have all, they're extremely athletic. And when you watch them play and do stuff like that, like, I just found myself wondering, who do the Mavs have that can do stuff like that? And the answer is, Nobody. Nobody. No, because it's for, for all the athleticism. And let me be clear. I, I, I'm not being entirely fair to Josh Green. I do think Josh Green is athletic. He is not vertically explosive. He is quick and he is feisty, but vertically explosive athletes are a different deal. And Josh Green is not that he's a two footed leaper, different kind of guy. I made the joke online that just went over everybody's heads because I'm old now that that Kenny Martin Jr. plays like the Mavericks insulted his father. Um, yeah, I, I, I know what you're yeah. talking. I, I am also an old, and I remember this. Was that like 2008? Am I? Uh, it was exactly 2008. Is when the Mavs played uh, the Nuggets in the playoffs, and when Dirk had actually one of his best series of his yeah, career against the Nuggets, and, and it was Dirk and Carmelo just going one on one for large portions. I don't want to misquote anything. I actually wrote an article that it was in there. I should probably go look it up. But basically, for anybody that doesn't know what I'm talking about, I am pretty sure Mark Cuban referred to Kevin, uh, I'm sorry, Kenyon Martin as a thug. Yeah, that is where the thug quote. I don't remember the exact quote, but the word thug was used. By the owner about a player on another team. In the NBA, in our NBA, like, can you imagine Joe Sy calling someone a thug? anyways different world different world it was 14 years ago the nba was the nba was a different place anyways i this is just kind of one of these losses that i hope we say ah man that was a crappy loss early in the season but we're inching closer and closer to the 20 game mark and i 
do not feel good about this team. Now, to be fair, I did not feel good about this team last year, and they went to the Western Conference Finals. And that's what I keep saying on these podcasts. I probably sound like a broken record. It's just one of these things that I have a very hard time with because you don't get these games back. And what's more frustrating is that last year with the injury and then the COVID stuff, there were things to look towards to where we would say, okay, maybe Luka will get in shape and play better. Luka's not playing better than MVP caliber. Like, that's not happening. Spencer Dinwiddie, despite all his shooting, is going to come back down to earth. I mean, he had a terrible game tonight, 1-9 of nine from 3, 3 of 18 from the field. But he's played 70-plus minutes in the past two nights, so it felt like it was almost bound to happen. And so it's like, where is the regression from certain players coming from? Is it purely Reggie Bullock? I really think the Bullock thing is much bigger than we understand in terms of if he's hitting two threes a game out of the you know six to seven that he takes uh, and, and then inches that up, I think that changes the way the offense goes. Um, oh, absolutely. Uh, he's just so bad right now. Tim Hardaway has been just almost unplayably bad. I know he had 28 points tonight, but he's just been he's been not good. You know, Christian Wood's kind of a different deal. Uh, He was really quite not, you know, 26 points, eight rebounds, but as you mentioned, really terribly inefficient. Got blocked a bunch. A bunch of those blocks were on him. Just weak sauce shit that he probably, like his former teammates seemed really happy to throw back in his face. Um, Yeah, man. I have another thing. This is a pie sure. in the sky. This will never happen. But uh, this game reminded me of something that I've long thought. I really, really wish that, you know, when NBA stars talk about they don't care about their numbers, and I know this yep. is that it's not true, but I really, really wish that in a game like tonight, instead of sitting Luca, just playing for 20 minutes, which they will never do because that'll because that would affect his season numbers and affect right. his MVP chances and all of that good stuff. That's why we got the did not play coaches. Like, that's why we get those that did not play rest games now. But like in soccer, and the NBA is apparently trying to become soccer with some of the stuff that Silver wants to do, um, you you see, and I, and I know this is a pipe dream, but you see guys like superstars where when they need rest, they just don't play a lot. Like if the Mavericks had played Luka for 15, 20 minutes tonight, they might have won the game. And yeah, it might be bad for Luka's individual numbers. And that's not, and like this isn't a Luka complaint. This is just a how the league is run complaint. I just... I think that it would be better to, if you do that, just have him available. Hell, if you need to, bring him off the bench. Like, just have him active. And if you need him that night, you need him to play in the third quarter. If you're like, hey, it turns out that even though the Rockets are terrible, the Mavericks without Luka are also terrible. So we need him for, you know, 15 minutes here in the second half. You have that as an option. But I know that'll never happen. That's just a pipe dream thing that I would like to see happen. Yeah. Well... I mean, to, to get, like, really into the weeds, at one point, and this lineup honestly wasn't that bad, but to get into the weeds about how talent deficient this team actually is, the Dallas Mavericks rolled out a lineup at one point that featured Faku Campazzo, Tim Hardaway, Josh Green, Dwight Powell, and Frank Nilakina. That's four non-shooters and Tim Hardaway. And... What and that's just because Luca's out. That was the decision. I, I don't understand. I do not understand how this happens. And Frank, you know, was the he's <laughs> a plus seven in 12 minutes. But I don't want to watch Frank play basketball. I've seen I've had my Frank experience. Maybe he's a fine defender for five minutes a game. I'm just I'm over it. Composo, 
was was what, what is your take on Composo? I want to hear it first. Well, I thought Composo. This, this is what I think happened. I think Composo was useful in that first little spurt he played in the first half. Like, okay, he, he brought the Mavs out. Like their whole offense was out of the muck. And then, and I I don't think the Rockets have a scouting report on Composo because, I mean, why would you waste time on a scouting report on Facundo Composo? Right, but. After that, like after that little bit, like because he ran some offense, he did some stuff, he drew some help because he's pretty good at beating his initial defender through screens and stuff. And so he got there and drew help and got some other people open looks. And then later, the Rockets were like, "Oh yeah, that's Faku Composo. We're just not going to be within twenty five feet of him, and he's going to have to shoot." And he is the human embodiment of open for a reason. Uh-huh. Like it is. I mean, like he had the one that I think uh, I, I think Followell said wide left on the three, like the one in the first half where he literally. It was just a, a straight on wide open three and he missed the rim by three feet yep. and just hit the backboard. And then some of his late threes that he had to take. And I get it. Like I understand an NBA offense when you're that open, you feel like you have to take it. But in my head, I was still, I was like, please don't just give it to somebody else. I, I don't care. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Josh Green running into somebody and throwing up a floater. I don't care if it's Christian Wood getting blocked for the 14th time for the night. Uh, just someone else try something because this isn't going to work, especially the second one in a row. But just in general, it just shows like we at first the Mavericks were going to leave that last roster spot open. And I, I really it, it's tough to say this about anybody in the NBA, but I'm I'm really just like, man, there wasn't somebody better than this they could find. Oh, no, because they didn't want to sign Goran Dragic because they didn't think he was good enough at defense, which is a understandable reason. But that's assuming the rest of your team is good enough at defense to where that would matter. And I don't, you know, I know the Mavericks defensive rating is actually pretty good, but I think that's more to do with their pace than whether they're that good at defense. It's one night, like, like I'm going to be, I want to say they're 10th today. I want to see what they are tomorrow. It's, it's, it's a struggle bus. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, like the deal with this, which we need to be fair. This was a bit of a scheduled loss. I don't know. Firm no. If if you're a team that considers yourself a playoff level roster, you do not have schedule losses. They're playing home games. They're getting home cooking. If you're going to set your super, if you're going to sit your superstar, you have to have the roster in order to play it. Jaden Hardy is in Mexico City for some reason. Was there no forethought put in about who might be able to play or help? McKinley Wright would have been a better point guard option than some of the play- players that they rolled out there. Go ahead. I cut you, you know, off. Yeah, no, no, you're, you're not wrong. But where I was going with that is it's a bit of a, like, I, I, I understand why you disagree. And I, I get that. And to be fair, you should not have any kind of a loss to the Rockets because the Rockets, this is their third win of the season. They're terrible. But the deal with that. And then too, like we all talk about how heliocentric the Mavs are with Luca. And like, there's the big debate about, is it his fault or, you know, is it is it the limitations of the rest of the team, yada, yada, yada. But ignoring whose fault it is or what the cause of that is, the Mavericks are incredibly heliocentric. But you know what happens to a solar system if the sun's taken away? Sure. The solar system disintegrates. And that's what happened to the Mavs today, is the Mavs played like a team that was missing their star. And because of that, they had no clue what to do. Like, they just – and it's – I mean, it's frustrating. And this is – this was not a fun game. Like – this is, you know, I joke with you all the time about about writing at Mass Moneyball that if I ever feel like it's have to instead of get to that I won't do it. Right. You know, most of this is fun and everything. This is maybe the fifth map game that I've ever watched in my entire life that I was like, 
man, if I didn't have to do a recap or anything, like I would, I would change the channel. I would go play Call of Duty. Like I would do right. something else. Like right. this game was just, it, it was tough to watch, man. And I, I really wish that I had more to say about it than that. But I mean, it was just bad. And I don't really know what else there is to say other than it was bad. And it's, I think we saw more Dorian Finney-Smith driving than I've ever seen in my life. Which I kind of liked. I kind of liked some of his moves there. That's that's yeah. that made me feel happy. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, like that's I, oh, I no, did like that he, he only hit. No, he was two of three from from inside the arc. That's not bad. Okay, he's Sorry. one of eight from three though. That's the problem. The whole, <laughs> the whole team, the whole team couldn't couldn't buy threes. And like I said, that's a lot of that's dead legs. Especially if, if dead legs are going to be understandable for anyone. I mean, Dorian Finney-Smith did a lot of the heavy lifting on Paul George last night. I'm not sure exactly how many minutes he played, but I'm going to assume it was 36 to 38 or 40 because he always has to play too many minutes. And then he played 38 tonight. If anybody gets a dead legs excuse, it's him. So, I mean, I understand that, and I have no qualms about what Dorian's going to do going forward. Like, I'm not concerned about him at all. It's just – like, you look at it tonight, like, there were so many times I thought they were going to make – I really thought this was going to be an ugly win. Like I thought we were going to get on here today and be like, whew, man, glad they made it out of there. Can you imagine if they'd lost? And then uh, they didn't. And now I'm just, I don't really know what to say because it's just such a bad loss. And I mean, like we talk about, it's only one game in the standings, but you know, a lot of times one or two games, like at the end of the year, one or two games is huge. And this is going to be a game that they absolutely look back on late in the year and are like, man, we shouldn't have just given that one away. Then that's kind of what it comes down to. You shouldn't give one away. And I'm probably going to listen to this and try to self-edit some of my nonsense out. But, like, I just – I hate wasting my time like this. We – I, I, all of us, the fans, not just the people that put together, you know – uh, strong attempts at writing and podcasts and stuff. We all watch and spend a lot of time with this game, with this team and efforts like this. And frankly, team building like this feels disrespectful to the fans because you're running out teams that are not capable of playing basketball together in a professional level. They lost to the worst team in the league. And frankly, in a way that never felt like they actually were were that close to the game. Now, they're winning at points, but they gave up a 15-0 run to end the second quarter, if my math is right. 15 to nothing against the worst team in the league. It's unacceptable. Did Jason Kidd call a timeout at all during that stretch? I don't believe I think he so. might have had to because of, of TV time. I think he did at the very end because he was going to lose one. Because it's weird because he's super anti-calling timeouts to stop runs. Yeah. But he's also super anti-losing timeouts to uh, to the when you when you naturally lose them at the TV timeouts. Like if he – I think they lose – you know, when you lose one at the three minutes to go or whatever. Like he – if they have the ball with 302 remaining, he will call a timeout. It's really funny actually. Um, and last year it made a lot of sense, which this might be another thing to talk about. Last year it made a lot of sense because the Mavericks were absolutely fantastic on out of timeout plays. And why um, is that? It wasn't because uh, of Jason Kidd. That's what we found of, out. It was because of Igor and Kokoskov. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't try to pronounce his last name because I don't want to butcher it. But there's that, and so that that's gone this year. Like a lot of their plays out of timeouts this year just look bad. And so, I mean, they've had several timeouts out of turnovers and everything. So it's less of an advantage this year. 
which the really the last thing I got for it that I find funny is the only times I ever see Jason Kidd argue are when Josh Green argues. Because my point has always been, regardless of, how, of what you think of Luca, I, I think the kid should defend him some. Like, you you need your coach to take some of the technicals for Luca. Like, he should go throw a fit sometimes. Well, he never does. But, like, you'll see several times, like, even today, when Josh Green argued about a call, Jason Kidd got up and started arguing with the refs. Now, maybe that's because Josh Green doesn't argue very much, and he thinks that if Green's arguing, there's something to it. If, if I remember the call... I think Josh Green had a good point where it was like it was a square defensive play. The other guy initiated oh, sure. the contact. Yeah. I'm, I'm certainly not above saying that an official made a mistake. Especially <laughs> this, was not, uh, this was not a well-officiated game either. But that is all, – all of that's neither here nor there. My point is just – it's just weird to me that if you're going to take up for a player that the guy you would take up for is Josh Green. And with Green again – I know it'll be, you know, Mavs money ball, Mavs money balling and yada, yada, yada. I've always been higher on green than just about anybody else at the site as far as just because it's important to the Mavs that he develops. But the thing is, if you're a first round pick and we're we're three years in now and everything, you can't be good once every eight or 10 games. Like this was a game tonight where they needed more from him. Like that's just all there is to it is like you need to be able to. This is one of the games where you need to be able to count on him. If you're a first round pick and you're three years in, it can't be. You know, we can't expect anything from Green, but if we get something, it's a bonus. This was a game where they needed him to score 12 points and get, you know, three or four assists and and just bring energy and do all of that good stuff. And he brought energy. He played His defense has legitimately been good this year. Like, his defense has gotten much better. But he, he just – he doesn't produce. And, I mean, now he's down to literally, like, four and a half points a game in the non-Nets games. And that's just not enough, man. It's, it's just not. And the Mavs have limited assets, and because of that, it was important they nailed that pick, and they just didn't. I'm just sad. I don't know what it comes down to. I mean, Josh Bow made the really funny point in our Slack where he just basically said, I'm trying not to get too mad because I think they're just going to come out and beat Denver twice in a row, which he might be right because that's just sort of the variance level for this team, but it's it sucks. Well, Jokic is in uh, health and safety protocols, right? Do we know if he'll be back yet? I don't know. Is he in health and safety protocols? I don't know. I know I, I saw that thing that he had entered it, but I didn't know if he stayed in it, like whether it was like a close contact or something. They're playing New York tonight. Let me see if he's playing. Really uh, yeah, podcasting he, here. Yeah, he's not. He's not playing tonight, so he should. Uh, so I don't know if he'll be back or not. But if he's not back, then we should be in a little bit of the opposite side of this, where we should definitely beat them. Which, given the way the Mavs go, if we should definitely beat them, probably means that we won't. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, well, let's get out of Dodge. Thanks for uh, writing the recap tonight. You always do great stuff for the site. We're going to have some fun stuff uh, coming up tomorrow that will hopefully change people's moods. Um, I'm just going to tell people because it'll be several hours before it comes out. And if you're listening to this overnight, you're a true sicko. And I really love uh, the people to do that. David Trink, uh, in honor of the new Pokemon games coming out, has a has a post up on compare on basically deciding what uh, which Pokemon each Maverick would be, and <laughs> he seemed to really get into it. Really looking in, looking forward to that. Also, our man Brent Brooks turned in a piece overnight. Uh, somehow this didn't make any traction, but Dirk Nowitzki gave like a really detailed kind of 
it's like bordering on kind of like emotional interview and and uh brent wrote about it kind of highlights the best parts it's in there both those pieces are coming to madisonmoneyball.com tomorrow that will probably um make you feel a little better about the mavericks generally so so we'll see where we are again matt thanks so much for your time and we will talk to you guys at some point i guess friday night so have a good rest of your week guys